Hello, and welcome to Right Hearted with me, Stuart Wakefield. Hello. And I am literally tickled pink because I have put on a, a pink shirt in honour of Claire London. She is a best-selling author. Claire, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you and, for inviting um, the me. The question I always ask a writer wherever I meet them is, when did you start writing? And I bet an awful lot of them say, oh, I've been writing since yeah. I was a child. Because I think that sort of writing and storytelling is always there. And people either continue at that low level or they've stopped for a while. Or like me, I stopped after school because I didn't have any time and I was working. And then you have a family or whatever else takes on your time. And I came back to it later on. So roughly how Um, might you have been? I always have dabbled. I... I probably came back into it, um, well, came back into publishing. It was at the end of the 1990s, I discovered okay. fan fiction yeah. online, which I think is the yeah. entree for a lot of people. Um, I started reading, and it, that sort of re-inspires you, and you think, oh, I, yeah. I'd quite like to yeah. write some of this as well. Fan fiction is a fantastic world because you there is no expectation there is no duty no obligation you can write yeah. more or less what you like and you will also get immediate response yeah if people like it so it's fabulously self-affirming and uh, motivating and off I went and once that was sort of reignited um started looking at okay I'm a bit tired of writing about the same characters because Fan fiction yeah. is based on that. You take it's fans who take their favourite couples and create an alternative mm. life for them. I wanted to okay. write original characters. Then you start thinking, "Oh, I love that sharing yeah. that we had in fan fiction. I'd like to share these." And so you start looking for outlets, and you move into okay. publishing, which I think is almost a different yes. job yeah. than writing, or it's an extra. I have a question. I have a question about um, writing fan fiction because um, I run National Novel Writing Month for my uh, local area, which is Hertfordshire in the UK. And one of our uh, participants writes fan fiction. um, And she does that for her uh, NaNoWriMo projects. And I was asking her, you know, why there was a particular reason, you know, she was writing what she was writing. I ask everybody that. And um, she said that she struggles in her own writing with plots and all of that and dialogue. So she wanted to work in a world that someone else had created because it was easier then for her to build her plotting and dialogue, what she felt she was struggling with. So my question is, you know, making that transition from fan fiction to um, your own fiction, what what was that transition like for you? Because that is, that's a slightly sort of slant on, on the view, and that is exactly right. You are writing about people that the readers yeah. already know. Even if you set them mm. in a completely different world, they know the characteristics of that person. They know it's, it's going to be a, usually yeah. a happy ever after, or they know the big quest that, it, that they're um, pre- premised on. It So it... I mean, I, I wrote a couple of long novels in fan fiction that I then converted to original fiction, which was 
very popular in the mm-hmm. early 2000s when people were trying to populate the, the market in my genre. And so, and but it was, you could not say the dark-haired man anymore because people didn't know he was dark-haired or that he was surly or that he was, you know, those sorts of things you suddenly had to step away from. I wrote a couple of, I started a blog series actually on the conversion of fan fiction because it's it's your fiction. You're perfectly entitled to do what you like with it. But that, you're right, that little bridge over into original fiction, you had to let go of like your, your friend said, that support yeah. in a way, and you would have to yes. create your own world, your own fresh new characters. I mean, that's really exciting and far more empowering than the fact you couldn't, you were never allowed to write death stories oh, and those of your yeah. favourite people. Um, oh, yeah, in some. Now <laughs> you could do what you like, you could kill anybody <laughs> off that you wanted um, because you'd created yeah. them in the first place. So, yeah, I. It has its challenges, but it also... And once I think you've written... I do know original fiction writers, published authors, who still write fan fiction as well because they love it. And I know some that went back to it because they didn't enjoy the publishing world um, and they went back to fan Mm. fiction. So it's... And a lot of people still read it. And I hadn't realised it. <laughs> it was only when Fifty Shades of Grey came out that I realised that had started out as Twilight fan fiction. Yeah, as uh, fan fiction. Yeah, an awful. It's you know, it's very basic. I, I mean, I I wrote fan fiction for a well, it's not that okay. obscure, but for Japanese yeah. anime. Whereas people who are writing it on modern mm-hmm. TV series, or so that the characters are, are yeah. contemporary. They're fresh, and so you can quite easily twist that to be a contemporary story. Yeah. But call it. I mean, I, I, I just. It really took me aback when when she said that because I was like, I don't know, I hadn't even thought about it as as. A... But in a way that you know. Oh no, 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 no But I thought, what a wonderful way. Yeah, what a wonderful asked. strategy to. Yes. To, to work on something else, but inside someone else's world, to work on what you thought were your weaknesses. I, I just, it threw me, but. It was a fantastic yes. training yeah. ground. It really was, because I wrote every type of fiction, every length of fiction, every style of fiction. Some were more popular than mm. others, but it didn't matter. I had a chance to learn yeah. craft. Yeah. I think fan fiction, and there's, as I say, there's absolutely no threat of anyone saying this was rubbish. I mean, they might online, but you can ignore that. Um, but you and you can write as much as you like, as little as you like, when you like. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm I, conscious I we haven't true. actually talked about what your genre is. So fill us in. I write. Um, I write what's either called gay romance or okay. MM romance, which is basically romance. I write largely contemporary, and it involves yes. two men in love as opposed to, um, with adventures and with, you know, struggles and whatever, as opposed to a man yep. and a woman, male, female. So I have written horror, paranormal, fantasy, 
you know, I, I will have a go at almost anything. I'm really keen on yes. like romantic comedy. I love that sort of lightness and banter. But everything I've had published, no, not everything, but almost everything features two men as the right. main so characters. The first book I read of yours was Freeman. L- oh, love that book. I can remember every lunchtime I'd, I'd go off and read it. I just, I love that book. And then m- more recently. Yeah. It's, uh, then it's not like anything else I've ever written. Yeah. It's quite unusual. So then I read um, more recently. Uh, that started it? in fan okay. fiction. The opening scene started. No, I'm going to go back and read it and see if I can work out which, which, which fan fiction it is. Really? No, you won't. Oh, okay. <laughs> that, that will save me some work. And I take, I used to take the characters yeah, and do what yeah. I like with them. So, so then more recently, yes, sorry, I read, I read a short story of yours, which was, I think it was called The Muse. Yeah. When I thought, yeah. Yeah. And I thought, I okay, love that well, one as well. So this is, this is very different. This is like much more lighthearted, much more comedy. I think there was a grandma character who I, I really loved. Yeah, there's usually a grandma. Um, and then, character. Uh, more recently, I read *The Accidental Baker*, which I thought was absolutely adorable. Your, I miss, yeah, it was uh, an Easter story. And then yeah. next up, I'm going to read *Home Sweet Home*. Yeah, yeah. So, I I can see a definite right. So, oh yes, I feel like your center of gravity is not the hot and sweaty, oiled up torso. Um, MM romance. I, I, for me, it feels like I don't want to call it sweet, but as you say, it's kind of that more light, bright, sort of comedic kind of kind of romance. Do you, do you think that's where your kind of centre of gravity is? I think I have grown to enjoy writing right. lighter fiction yeah. as time's gone on. I still do feel very strongly, though, that I usually write about younger people who are very Yes. In love with life and they are carried away with high passion yeah. or high excitement. And so there will be yeah. sex scenes and I don't shy away from those and I enjoy yeah. writing yeah. them. But as, as someone <laughs> told me right at the beginning, they've got to advance the plot or they're just gratuitous. Yes. And so that's a really important thing that I try to hold very yeah. close. And so I, I, I put them in when it's a, when the characters have got yeah. to that stage or it's taking the plot on so it's i i love the band you see a lot of fiction I'll, i will keep breaking in on myself and breaking it up but a lot of fiction isn't just about yeah. the two main characters they will have a family they will have a job there will be perhaps a subsidiary thriller plot or uh you know sort of a struggle with their career or their life That's what the whole book is about. You're coming away with that experience. So it's not just the sex scenes it's or the lack of sex scenes, um, as we've both (laughs) been accused of sometimes. It's, as I have, believe it or not, it, you know, it's like Accidental Baker was about a guy who's a poor baker and bakes rubbish chocolates, but when they fall onto the pavement, they bring people together. It sounds terribly cheesy, but it gives you the chance to explore yeah. different characters and, and pair up different different men that might not have met up otherwise. And, and that's what was exciting was the meetup, not yeah. the, what they did afterwards or yeah. whether it I mean, I, I was absolutely charmed 
So yeah, I, yeah. I was I was that. charmed by that book. Mm. It was just I, I so I didn't think it was twee. I just thought it was a really lovely way, as as you say, to bring people together yeah. who probably wouldn't wouldn't have met. Yeah. That's what um, I love to write about. What yes. they call the meet cute. I like to bring people together. I love the tropes that say you bring opposites together or you force them together in a place yeah. where they can't escape from or they have enemies to lovers. Those sort of, they're all about people meeting and how the two characters bounce off each other. And I just happen to like to write under the romance umbrella so that they then go on to, to yeah. find a way to be together. Yeah. I do make them suffer first quite often. And, you know, and it's it's different levels of lightheartedness. Whether it's the like my romancing the books, yeah. like romancing the wrong twin, romancing the ugly duckling. You know, they're all about a slightly more lighthearted, slightly more um, yeah. Hallmark movie. Well, type. yeah, I mean, then why not? I mean, that's, Hopefully, that's what, if they give people more, yes, it's yes, and that's exactly what fiction. You're, you are yeah. exploring yourself. You are exploring helping the reader explore themselves. But it is entertainment at the end of the day, or people yeah, wouldn't pick yeah. up a book. I mean, I, I, it's interesting. So the, the books that have kind of stood out for me, I mean, obviously, you know, there's that that more, I struggle to call it literary, but, you know, Call Me By Your Name, um, uh, Brokeback Mountain. But I found recently I'm more drawn to things like um, Aristotle and Dante, Discover the Secrets of the Universe, uh, The Music of What Happens Next, um, the MM romance that, I've kind of been thought I loved is Kay Beresford's Merman and the, I think it was called the Barbarian Pirates. Um, obviously your stuff. I've just started reading uh, Felice Stevens, the ghost, the ghost and Charlie Muir, which, which is not fast, but it's, it's just oh, one of the 2021 yes. gay romance Lammy award. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, that's quite, that's fast paced, lighthearted sort of, um, well, you can tell by the title, it's got a ghost in it. So, yeah, but I'm I'm really interested yeah. in... Sorry, I was going to say my issue with all of these things being like gay romance, it's, it's yes. just romance. It's just a book that's yes. lighthearted. Yeah. It's a romantic comedy. It's a deep, um, ex, you know, sort of discovery of yourself. It's a big sort of hero's journey. It's a man against the machine. You know, all of those things can just be presented yes but with two guys there is i mean i'm not so naive as to say they're exactly the same book and you yeah. just swap the people around because that's not true your people write um gay mm -hmm. romance if you like or whatever else it covers yeah. for a reason because they like it because they like reading it because there is something different about the dynamic that appeals to both reader and writer yeah. there's no two ways about that and that's another <laughs> really broad range of discussion that one. but it's so there is a reason for it in itself but at the end of the day it is yes still fiction yes. else Every book, you know, a huge number of books yeah, would be yeah. exactly and I do, the same. Yeah, I do struggle a little not. bit with with putting the word gay in front of romance because, and even you know, gay marriage because, I mean, what do I have a gay mortgage and do I pay gay taxes? Yes. Uh, you know, it's just like you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. I mean, you know why? You know why? It's so that Amazon and other booksellers are available can categorize. Yes. Yes. These things, and I, this debate I've 
I've been involved in many times, as should it just way back when I first Mm. started writing. And there were a couple of people who wrote Age of Sail type novels, that sort of thing. But again, we Mm -hmm. gave characters in them, if you like. And there was a a movement by their publisher to try and just file them in bookshops, (laughs) remember bookshops, um, in with other romance or other historical or some sort of. And it didn't really work. Now, whether that's because they didn't put enough effort into it or whether, because you have, I always say, think like your reader. If you want to sell books, think like your reader. And a lot of readers want to know where to find that one thing they like. They like things with, that are set in Bermuda, that have people of colour, that have a happy ending, that have that feature a television show they love you know they they want to go straight to that and so I think and then we get then we get hemmed in then we get fenced in by that category and judged by it purely yeah I mean yeah I mean obviously there is that that you know Amazon needs to know what category to 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 sell it in and I mean that's normally done by by genre and as you were saying Gay romance isn't necessarily a separate genre. It's it's a category, but genre yeah. is really the way yes. books are bought and sold by publishers and and you know and mm. you know by by bookshops or Amazon. Uh, romance, romance yes. is genre yes. fiction. Yeah, same as crime. And the, and the gay element, or the lesbian element, or the bi element is is a a subcategory side- really or. You can pick up a Val McDermott and nowhere does it say yeah. gay crime. And yet her police inspector will be a woman with a wife and, yeah. you know, it will just go on, same yeah. as any other so, crime book. Um, one thing that's always interested me, so we met back in 2010 at a writer's conference, I think it was 2010, and... I walked into the room. Now, this was writers and readers, okay? And I think there were 65 of us (laughs) and three were men. Okay, so I was, I was, I remember, you know, introducing myself and I remember standing up and said, hello, my name is Stuart and I'm a real boy. And I only said it to get a laugh. But, I mean, I think the majority of the people there were women and it, it, I'm really interested. What, what do you think it is about um, the genre that, that, women are drawn towards with with two men now of course i always would preface anything like this is the fact that more women read than men anyway so your reader market is much 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 bigger i think i think and and Hmm. again it's a numbers game and the main readers are straight women also gay women or any other sort of fluid category will read yeah. gay romance gay men will read gay ro- and so the only category you're missing out yes. on is straight men and i live in a house with three of them and they don't read anything so, or yes. not fiction they do yeah. read an awful lot of men they just yeah. read in a different way and in, in different formats and different categories i think that mm bounced onto the scene earlier just before yeah. we'd met i would say yeah. late 2000s because I know people who were running okay. publishers back then and they were eating up 
that sort of material. They had loads of readers were really keen because they wanted to see, I think, that different yeah. dynamic. They wanted to see two men together. They were maybe tired of the way women are portrayed. Yeah. But I'm talking mainly in romance yes. here, although I do think it, it covers other categories. They were tired of seeing women as always taking a secondary role in whatever way you want mm -hmm. to class yeah. it. They were, even when written by women, a lot of people loved that. A lot of people didn't, okay. wanted to see something yeah. else. They enjoyed seeing that. I, I find that. I like that way that the two main characters have come from the same or a similar gender yeah. basis in a way. They've been brought up in the same, sort of, whereas men and women, there's no... Um, arguments about it do have different experiences yeah. of life as they go through to adulthood and that I think was really thrilling I mean it's again it's a popular misconception that gay romance is read mm -hmm. solely by gay men it's it's read almost entirely as we've just said by straight women or women if that again we try very hard not to categorize our readers yes. because what does it matter agree. as long as you are a reader yeah, and you're yeah. enjoying reading. It doesn't really matter who you are. Um, but I think that market was mm. there. And they they took they took to it, they embraced it. There's no no denying that the thought of seeing or reading about two yeah. guys in love together has a a certain exciting aspect. Okay. Because you know, people will Careless, I know, and we won't get into this here, but people will carelessly throw away the comment, one guy's great, so two guys is even better. You know, because they're women yes. are attracted to men, so they're going to yeah. be doubly yeah, attracted yeah. Yeah. to two men in yeah. a book. And they love that. Because there is always the argument, <laughs> I could go on for hours, but they, they, there is the argument that women read romance because they identify okay. yeah. with the heroine. And, and it, it brings that into their lives. And there is an awful element of that. And so, therefore, how can you identify right. with a male hero? Yeah, I But you agree. can. You yeah. can. They're well written. And it's rather exciting that you're you're reading about a guy who is, is going yeah. for what he wants in life. There's a really big – there was a really big feeling, I think, that this was giving guys a chance – to star yes. in romances, yeah, gay gay characters, which mm -hmm. wouldn't have been there before. So that was another big empowerment. Um, I know there are plenty of gay fiction books out there. There were, but they were in paperback. This was the beginning of, wasn't it? It was the beginning of yeah. Kindle. I think Kindle came in. Yeah. in and there's always been gay pulp, sort of 70s, so, I mean, it, obviously, because men feel emotions yeah. the same as women, pretty obvious. But this was a chance to bring that, to try yeah. and redress that I, balance, I, I, I don't know if you've ever read there them. There was a lot of that. And I think they were in things. the 80s. Um, there were two books by uh, an author called Nancy Friday. Uh, one was, yeah, oh, one was called yes. Men in Love. Give so uh, so uh, just to dial back a little bit, yeah. so Nancy Friday, she basically asked um, as many people as she could get, and I think she got thousands of people, to send them uh, their sexual fantasies. And she split them up into two books. Yeah. So there's Men in Love, which is all the fantasies that the men sent in, and Women on Top, which is obviously from all the women. 
And I read both of these books. My mum happened to have them. I don't know why. Um, and it was really interesting. So the men's uh, were a lot more kind of visceral. And the only sort of gay attraction fantasies were, there's one that stuck out in my mind was Elvis. So this guy would like quite happily have sex with Elvis wow. because he like idolized Elvis, even though he was a straight guy. Because and it was Elvis. The yeah. women, I mean, the women's was... fantasies, where the women had um, fantasies about two men being together, the driver was that they wanted to see men be um, tender. And I, yes. I found that even back in the 80s, when, I'm sure it was the 80s when, when I read them. I mean, I was fascinated by that by that concept, and that, to me, that feels like that has driven um, a lot of gay romance readership with women. Yes, because we're not talking about gay romance yeah. inventing it. Yeah, yeah, it's always been there. Um, gay and you know L- LGBTQ yeah. people have always been there. They've always yeah. been in love, fallen in love. Um, you know, so you're not denying. It's just, I think, exposing yes. it or giving it yeah. an outlet, giving yeah. it a voice. And it's interesting. I, I feel like I think... it was always kind of thought of as a bit niche. <clears throat> but now, if you look at One Direction, obviously, you know, teenage girls, they call that shipping. So, you know, what might have started off with... Mm. Yeah. Well, so you might have started is. off with, that's I what think, what they called slash is. fiction, where women started writing stories about um, yeah. Captain Kirk and Spock. Um Spock, yeah, yeah, That's where the yeah. Original and then was. Yeah. now we've got shipping, which is you know shipping off two members of or yeah. more sometimes of One Direction or characters from a, from a soap. So it, it's always happening and it, it's kind of still happening. And what I think, what I feel is, it's gone from less niche to more kind of normal in in the in the public consciousness. I think there's been an. And also, perhaps as a side issue, okay. I want to come back to that point, but that that it has been too concentrated yes. on the sexual yeah. aspects of this fiction. Yeah. People do like sexy books. They do like to read mm-hmm. sex in their romance, you know, at all different levels. So it, it's always been there, but I think gay romance has suffered a bit from being yes. considered only that. I think a lot of gay fiction is considered only about yeah. the sexual aspect, which I yes. think is a huge pity. Um, but sex sells, as they say, and I'm, I'm not, as I say, not averse to it at all. But I think, and I, I do wonder, yes, I wonder what the mainstreaming of it yeah. will do, will change, because I've watched it change over those, those sort of like 15 years. It's mm. really interesting yeah. to yeah. watch that now books with gay characters, let's not call it gay romance or whatever, yes. are in the top yes. ten. They're being they're yeah. being put into movies. They're being I mean, no reason they shouldn't. Well yeah. Because it's they're just fantastic stories. Know, That's what people respond to. Just people. Yeah. Stories about people. Yeah. Um so it's interesting to see whether it I mm. still consider mm. it is niche. I still think we don't reach one, we don't reach as many readers as we could because they okay. don't know we're there. They don't know it's there. And that's been helped by a lot of um, sort of USA Today 
New York yeah. Times best-selling authors with their series, with their romance series, bringing mm. gay couples into them, like Suzanne Brockman and J.R. Ward and such like. But also, I think it's there's still still people want to identify with how they are, and it's the numbers game. They are heterosexual. They want to see someone who comes from their background or or a background yeah. they wish they'd come from, and so that's what they choose. So it's been. But it's, yeah, it's expanding, it's of interest, it's another area of yeah. fiction that's open to all. So some people are, are you know, selling continu- considerable amount of, of books and have a huge following. What's your view on writing to market versus, I want to say writing for yourself, but writing the stories that speak to you? Yeah, <laughs> I think... This comes goes right back to that sort of whether you write for writing's yeah. sake because you love it or you have to, you need to get the stories out, or whether you then, and then that extra branch, whether you want to go on and publish. And that's, I think, is when you stop or should stop and think, why am yeah. I doing this? Do I want fame and fortune? Because like any of the creative um, disciplines, there's only 2% of people yeah. ever make it big. There's thousands of jobbing actors and artists and whatever. So, and they do say 90% of authors are below the, earn below right. the breadline. Yeah. So it's not a route, particularly nowadays, when there's so many millions of books available. Um, so you look at why, and if you want to go on and you want to make a business out of it, then you have to shift your mind into, do I write the book of my heart and hope it gets picked up yeah. for the Booker Prize? Or, because unfortunately, a lot of Booker Prize books would not be picked up in genre fiction by genre fiction reading. And go back to it's a numbers game. There are millions of genre fiction readers. So if you wanted to make a commercial success and an ongoing, and a lot of people, you're right, a lot of them sell a lot. They, um, They write for many, many years and have a good career out of it and support family and love it and have a huge community of fans. Um, But then you have to appeal to those fans. You have to write something that they will continue to want to pick up. I mean, I have readers, I have writers that I follow, and they could write anything and I'd read it because I just love their style. They could, you know, write a crisp packet. (laughs) It's fabulous. But most people follow... Um, characteristics, yeah. tropes of fiction. I liked it's awful, but it's like Amazon. You like this, therefore yes. you might like this. So it's you know, it's sort of following yeah. on yeah. also boards. But I mean I find I find tropes and quite so, comforting though, because I kind of I, I kind of yeah. know what I'm getting. Yeah. I was in Tesco the other day and I was looking at all of the um just like regular books and on the bottom shelf it was all the category romance. So it was all like the billionaire romances and, and the cowboy romances. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. yeah, you know, like if I was in the mood for enemies to lovers or yeah. uh, is it the cabin cabin thing where they kind of, you know, sh- false proximity. False proximity. Um, yeah. You know, if that was if that was what I was in the mood for, I'd want to be able to find that. So what's your favourite trope? <sighs> Mine, do you know what? Mine is mine is kind of culture clash. So my latest book is is about two guys who fall in love during the um, yeah. making of a reality TV show, and um, 
one is a tailor and one is a fashion designer. Um, one's from Newcastle, one's from London. One is from a relatively normal background. One is like super rich. Um, so I kind of, you know, public school versus comprehensive school. I kind of like that, me- yeah, that yeah. collision of of cultures and backgrounds and how people kind of feel their way around that. And obviously the spin-off um, books I've got um, from that um, one, I wouldn't call it it's like a May to December, but one of the guys is kind of a little bit older and he's struggling with some fears about sexual inadequacy, whereas the younger guy who's the model is, you know, virile and, and all that kind of stuff. So I like that. Yeah, confident. That. Yeah. How do those people like and yeah. end up together and get through their own insecurities and stuff? And that's what I really like about characters. And what in earlier when you said about um people having backgrounds and lives and families and stuff, when I work with my book coaching clients and we talk about um info dumping, if if they're doing pages and pages of background, I'm like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> listen, everything in your book is about background because somebody's background affects the way they react to everything so you can pepper that background right the way through your novel so that the reader understands why that character is working like that you don't need four pages of of background right at the beginning of your novel because it slows everything down but in a way you're not telling the story is what i often think is you are opening it to view (laughs) which is easily said and you do have to you yes. do have to yeah. tell some things yeah. along the way, but you're picking up these characters at a certain point in time and taking yeah. them on a certain journey, and yes. you want the reader coming with you, as opposed to oh, this yeah. is what yeah. happened and last week. With everything that um, happened, yeah, because it, yes. it engages and everything them emotionally. That happens. <clears throat> okay, so in your life, in our day-to-day lives, <clears throat> excuse me, everything that happens and the way we we react to it, and my view is readers want to see your character react to something and then make a decision. All of that reaction and that decision-making is based on everything that's happened in their life up to that point. So, yes, yeah, I mean, as writers, it is on us to create those rich characters who have lived because that's what people can identify with. And even if they haven't been in that situation themselves, they can put their themselves in that person's shoes as it were whether they be flats or high heels and you know sort of understand why that person is is doing those things i think you have to create not reality necessarily so you don't talk about walking to the shops and what they bought um as as elmore leonard said didn't he He left out the bits that readers skip but so i mean i I just love that it's probably misquoted but but you are giving plausibility yeah that's what I think. Nobody thinks you're necessarily going to bump into someone and suddenly they're a fated mate and and everything falls into place and you win the lottery. But it'd be nice to yeah. think that it could happen. Yeah. And that it's possible. And I think that story, that that trope that you, which is actually one of my favourites as well, the opposites attract, the town yeah. mouse, country yeah. mouse. I just love that. I did that in Romancing the Ugly yes. Dumpling because that's what it was all about. A London fashion designer goes to spruce up a grumpy old Scottish crofter. Well, he's young, but, and it, you know, obviously we all know they're going to 
slowly yeah. wear each other down. But it, I think that's that's so much scope and mm. so much material to tell yeah. a good entertaining story. Whereas if you've got two people, much the same, same upbringing, they think the same way about the world, which is probably <laughs> yeah. how it happens in real life. You know you are compatible with someone. You've both got the same core values, which is what's important. But no, we like to see people fighting it, yeah. struggling against it, discovering something about themselves they didn't. I mean, when I write a book, one of my theories is that by the end of yes, it, both absolutely. of them should have been changed for yeah, knowing yeah. the other person. And that's important to me. So one of them doesn't stand still while the other one bounces off them. They yeah. they gradually mesh and find a better yeah. way forward together, which is, you know, what it's all about, relationships. So and I just happen to like writing about two guys doing that. I for me, largely as well, I think because a lot of guys are not as encouraged or experienced in expressing themselves. So I really like to be able to do that for them. Yeah in a book because well i mean you know we've had this huge push on you know mental health for men you know men not being able to open up and again coming back to that nancy friday book women on top again it the attraction is to see men open up and be tender and be vulnerable and i don't want to see Mm. be more like women but you know for women to see those things that they see in themselves and in in their sort of you know girlfriends well yeah nobody's holy yeah yeah, one yeah. thing or the other, though, are they? We're all sort of on a spectrum. I mean, most of us are pretty mm. in our, our bracket, and happily so. But that doesn't mean you can't be vulnerable. Yes. Of course, men are vulnerable. They're just possibly taught or encouraged yeah, yeah. not to show it. But they don't have to go out <laughs> and kill mammoths anymore. So, you know, but they have to sort of find yes. a newer way and to be able to blend more. It doesn't make yeah, them yeah. And- like a woman. Just like yeah. a woman being assertive, but that's another discussion. But a woman being assertive is not being like a man. She's yes, and she gets called bossy and a bitch. Whereas a man, but yes, she gets called yes. Aggressive. Whereas a guy yes. is like, <laughs> you know. And so it, it's 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 been. I yes, I think it's been a little bit. The gay romance world has been a little bit of a window into changing. Yes. Habits. I mean, I was thrilled, sort of mid late two thousands, two thousands and tens, so twenty seventeen, eighteen. I wrote my first proposal scene oh. for two guys. Yeah. I had never written that yeah. in my life. Yeah. I mean, there were civil partnerships, and I'd been to many, but you know, it was just lovely to be able to do that. And, and now we write regularly about marriages and weddings and adopting children. Yeah. And, and how lovely know, for great. us to be able to do that. My my goddaughter, she's 17, yeah. Yeah, 17, and she sent me something on Instagram about um, AIDS. And she's like, oh, my God, I've been reading about AIDS and stuff. And I, I wrote back to her and I said, you do realise I was in my, my teens in the 80s. And I had to watch yes. the ads, that horrible ad of the... Um, the gravestone falling down and, and stuff. Yeah. And, and I don't think she had appreciated, you know, like that, you know, people no. of our age, we lived through that. And the terrific amount has happened yeah. in our lifetime in that whole yeah. area of relationships. I mean, you know, the pill yes. became freely available. Yeah. There was AIDS. There was a sort of, other yeah, LGBTQ yeah. issues, 
Black Lives Matter. There's all mm. sorts of things are happening now. And as you say, yeah. it's just within yeah. a generation. I used to be the um, chair of our um, gay and lesbian group at Ford Motor Company when I worked there. I was chair for about three years. And there was lots of concerns. This is sort of about 2013, sort of that, that time. And um, our membership numbers started to dwindle. <clears throat> and people were people were getting really antsy about it in the in the committee and my view was that that was a good thing because the members in the group were were flocking together because they were the only other people that they had and what I noticed is over that time yeah. they didn't need us for that social interaction because becoming gay <clears throat> I know there's that whole thing about, you know, being absorbed into heterosexuality, but those people didn't need that because they were getting it outside the office. It's a yes, difficult yes. balance, though, isn't it? It's a difficult balance between the... I mean, there's no denying that human nature, and this opens up a, a whole different debate, but humans yeah. do seek their own. They do seek the comfort Absolutely. of familiarity, their own. Yeah. We are tribal. We do look to... And we do... We do have. I don't mm. think prejudice is yeah. a bad word. You see, I think yeah. it's a descriptive word. It's just how you then yes. express it externally, discriminatorily. But you know, we do have prejudice, and so it is difficult. You want to be amongst people that that yeah. understand you and get you from the get go. You don't yeah. have to explain anything else, or and yet also you want to be part of the bigger group. It yeah. is a difficult I, one. I did. To... I did read somewhere that the 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 brain needs stereotypes. It needs to be able to file things to a degree. Otherwise, it just can't cope. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's a good one, isn't it? Because if you had to approach every single new person as a completely yeah, yeah. clean slate. Yeah. So when, what do you think the, wow. the future of, of gay romance or MM romance is? Yes, sorry, because I didn't get... I didn't, I don't think I even answered the <laughs> writing to market except to say that you possibly should if you wanted to make any money. Um, I'm actually this year doing a project under a different pen name where I am seeking to write to market because I wanted to see what the world today in 2021 was like from when I started. And so I didn't want the expectations of the Claire London pen name. And so I I started completely afresh. (laughs) I had to run (laughs) two Facebook groups, two you know, sort of emails, and it's been a bit of a struggle. And now everybody should know, right. you know, it's not like it's a secret. I wasn't trying to deceive anyone. But I took a very particular trope that I like to read and that I wanted to write, and okay. it's Rent Boy Romance, because I'm a big one about yeah. being very sex positive and that people, um, I, I admit it's fairly sanitised in my books. Right. They're not on street corners. They're all... A community together in a hotel around the back of Earl's Court, um, but it's it's that sex positivity, but also looking for a relationship and yeah. romance. And so each of the guys I'm taking each time and finding them a you know a happy pairing, which gives me lots of scope with yes. the opposite attraction yes. and such like. Hopefully, you will like. Well, I'm, I'm definitely going to be buying romance in the Ugly um, Duckling. I mean, so, that's that's. That's going right on the list. Oh, yeah, I think you'll love that one. <laughs> I think you'll love that one. Um, and so I'm, I'm okay. watching it through to see. I'm, 
I'm taking certain market decisions like publishing okay. only through Amazon, whereas my other mm. a lot of my other books are wide available at all sorts of bookstores in different formats. Um, to see whether that does it. I'm following the marketing practices that I see happening nowadays, the way people yeah. interact on Facebook groups, the sort of advertising okay. they do, the sort of marketing exhausting. The um just to see whether um I'm branding it in a certain mm. way, the covers. In the thought that Stella Shaw, if anybody okay. wants to follow it up and follows my liking for the genre. And to see whether, you know, to see how that goes. It's it's been interesting. It's a slow start, um, but again, it's very much okay. trope led because yeah. that is yeah. all that they're about. There are pl- there is plot in each one, but it's not some major thriller dashing yeah. across yeah. the world business. I'm sort of a bit known for writing in three rooms, <laughs> and that's it. So there's only three rooms, in. but it's all about the the characters, yeah. and let's see how that goes. I actually just finished number four yesterday and it's gone off to the editors Good. it's okay. wholly self-published because i've worked with publishers in the past um but also started going self-publishing about yeah. 2013 um when i felt mm. i had the confidence to do that and that's been very much more rewarding much more hard work yeah much but i mean I'm, I'm hearing from the traditionally published authors that that i know that they're having to do that work as well, like more and more and more. Yes. I think there's only, again, it's only the top sort of 2% who are given huge marketing budget. Well, the fact is they're given a huge advance. So it doesn't really matter how many of the ruddy books they sell because they keep that advance. Whereas for everybody else, it's each incremental as you sell a book. So the percentage that you keep becomes much more important. Because I'm also an accountant, seeping <laughs> through there. So it's yeah, they but they don't. Otherwise, you you rise or fall by yeah. your publisher. Now I started with a couple of publishers because mm. it was exposure. Because people would go to that publisher, readers would go there. Yeah. What what are the new releases? Mm-hmm. So they'd find you. Nowadays, you can. I mean, I would say that's the first important yeah. thing that yeah. people know you're there. Readers so what do you think there. about? <laughs> then they need to pick up your book. Then they need to tell them. So, oh, it's easy. Really. What do you think it's about? Easy. What do you think about the kind so, of the yes. rise of self-publishing? Because I won't go into specifics, but I know there's been been um, some problems with what I thought was like the main gay romance seller. Um, so I've seen a lot of rights reverting back or coming back to authors who've then gone on to self-publish yeah. those just to kind of keep them on the virtual shelf. Um, do you think there's much of a uh, any stigma or quality concerns around self-published versus traditionally published in, in that genre? Yes. <laughs> oh, sorry. You want more? Um, no, because I actually also help curate a, a Facebook group for indie, indie okay. authors, we call ourselves, and that yeah. could be hybrid. You could be with a publisher okay. and also self-publishing. Um, a lot of publishers only take, say, print rights, so you've got the ebook rights to. So there's all, yeah. it covers all sorts. I think there's still a stigma because the the low barrier to entry of self publishing means you do yeah. get a lot of rubbish. I'm sorry, 
you do get, and when you're going in and looking at a book on Amazon or wherever, you can't tell which one's going to be good and which yeah. one's going to be bad. Crafted sure. well or yeah. bad, actually. Um, sometimes it doesn't matter if you hit enough mm. of those tropes. A lot of readers don't notice if you've got a comma yeah. splice. Sorry, authors, <laughs> but they don't care. But it's, I know, but that's no excuse for not doing the best that you can. So I think it is still viewed. There's still a huge kudos in being with a publisher. But that goes back to my point yeah. about why are you doing it? You might not be making as much money. I think it was almost, you won't. Because your agent's yes. taking a slice, your publisher's taking a slice. There's not a lot left. When you're out of this season's new releases, yeah. you're out. You're, you're very often tied into several books. that You don't always have yes. control over what they do yeah. with them, where they sell them, what cover they put on them, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what, but... A lot of people like that because they can say I'm published yes. by. Yeah, and, and also when you meet somebody at a party, and when you meet somebody at a party, up. and you say, um, yes. "Oh, you know, yes. what do you do?" Because God forbid we only be defined by you know what we actually what our backstory is. We're defined <laughs> by the job that we have. So you say, "Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm a writer. No, no, My stammer's bad today. Sorry." Um, and they say, "Well, yeah, but are you?" Are you traditionally published? And you're like, oh, here we go. Oh, I, oh, do I don't get that. I don't get that. I get, oh. are you on Amazon? Okay, that's an interesting, yeah. Or how many okay. books have you written? And then you say, well, I've, I've got about a dozen novels and 20 novellas. Yeah. And they're going, oh, my God. You're so... And that, that was always my, when I talk about why, my big one was yes. being on Amazon. That's what the, seemed to be the most important. And I was so thrilled when a book was there. And then, of course, you think, well, what next? Yeah. You can't yeah. just stop there. It's not the first time that matters, I always say. It's the times <laughs> after you know that. You gave me some advice, and I've never, ever forgotten um, it. I asked you about marketing, and you said to me, the best marketing you can do, Stuart, is write another book. Because there's nothing worse than appearing in a, a shower of fireworks and people say, oh, yeah, I really quite like yeah. that. What else have you got? It's really difficult, though, because you want to yes. put what you've got, you want out there. But it's not got, yeah. you won't get longevity. You won't get yeah. a continuing fan. That Accidental Baker book that I wrote, and it's my to my shame, I was going to write books about all okay. of the couples, the four yeah. couples that appear in it. And I got the first one out there. And then the muse left me. I just just yeah, yeah. lost the energy or whatever. And occasionally someone will write and say, <laughs> what are you going to do with the others? Um, so it's, and Claire London, because I suffered with that publisher that you. Okay. I didn't want to call them out to. because it's, you know. Um, yeah. No, don't know. Fair enough. But well, I don't see why not. Because they, anyway stopped paying royalties let's put it that way so most of us have taken yes. our books back a lot of us and it's been quite difficult to get them back out you think oh just stick a new cover on and throw it mm. out. it's not that easy i've got books that were published in 2009 2010 the market has changed so it circles round to the yeah. writing to market i mean i may call on you to help 
see what could be done with perhaps my yeah. most successful title, but it appears dated, not just in the stuff that's in the book, the item, but in the attitude, possibly, and in mm. some of it. I don't know. I enjoyed it a lot. People do still ask. Yeah. Something's holding me back from pushing it out they wrote in a certain way yeah. then i suppose we were writing to are market you, then as well are you tempted to go back and rework that book then yeah i, I a couple will never see the okay. light of day again because because the craft to me was right. so poor yeah it hurts and people say oh just go in and re-edit oh no 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 some of them should i think yeah. not come out again but a couple i've been pleased with um there are specific issues like that publisher we're talking about yeah. were based in the u.s so in those days they didn't like british grammar oh, having and to call pants and instead of trousers i set everything in some uns uns unspecified yeah. u.s state and so i would i would want to go okay. in and rejig that Yes. To Britishize it, bring Thank it back you. to its roots. Um, so that would take work. And after a while, you, I mean, I, a lot of the people reissuing stuff, it is their right. only stuff. And so they were yeah. really caught on the hop and they needed to get that mm. back out there quickly because yeah. their income just dried up. Um, I was lucky in that I had, in the meantime, gone on to self-publishing and had a portfolio there as well. Um, and so I, I, right. there wasn't the pressure on me. And gradually, it's coming out. I just republished okay. How the Other Half Lives, which is a romantic comedy novella, and that was that. I think has stood do, the do test you of time. Ever feel under pressure to kind of churn out books? Because you were saying you had a dozen, dozen novels. <clears throat> I'm assuming that since 2007. Yeah. Did you say you were? Well, yeah, I've I've ground to a halt on okay. that market to some extent. So, other novellas, um, and there are people who are yeah. chucking them out every two months. I mean, the Stella Shaw books I had been okay. trying—they're fairly short, if you like. Though yeah. that's a relative term, isn't it? But they're between forty okay. and fifty thousand words. So I, I think yeah. that's a sizable read. And I've been trying to do those right. every couple of months. Well, that's just <laughs> by the wayside with COVID and various, you know, real life. Come to, and and I'm thinking this pressure. Yeah. I'm only putting it on myself. Yeah. Nobody's telling me I have to do this. So I'm probably going to ease off on number yeah. five to be number to be a three monthly. But there is a pressure mm. on that, and you notice it in your sales, don't you? And the interest people take in you. I'm not saying that you're arrogant or an author is arrogant enough to expect people yes. to always be thinking of them. But you'll pop back on to say, and yeah. they'll go, oh, "Where have you been?" So. And every book, every book you write directs people back to your backlist. Yes. So it's got a snowball effect. It's worth doing for that reason alone. You don't necessarily have to write in series, True. but that is very yes. popular nowadays yeah. as well. So if you blast out number three and everyone goes, oh, that looks interesting, they'll go back and yes. buy number one and two. And I see that happen with the romancing books. There are four of them. They're not related. They're not. It's not a series. They're all just a, a sort of romantic comedy, opposites or enemies attract. But people yes. are buying them in chunks. They go in yeah. and they buy yeah. them four, as opposed to just one. When I've 
promoted one. And so that's why the writing the next book is so... Plus, it keeps you fresh as a writer. Yeah, yeah. and it does help me to kind of develop that, develop that craft. Yeah. It was just that one book. Yeah, a lot of people do just write yeah. that one book. So your, your, um, <clears throat> your novellas, um, in the nicest possible way, for you, were they kind of fillers to keep it to keep it looking like you were ha- constantly having new releases sort of in between novels or? Well, I will admit, I will yeah. admit I do do that. I do do that. I will either re-release an old thing or I'll write a shorter story or sometimes just so that people know I haven't done it. Really. <laughs> so it's, you know, I am still a name in the market. But also I found over time, I found my sweet spot okay. for length right. of a book. Um about forty thousand okay, right. for me now. If you if you look at traditional publishing, that's that's a, you know. A well, yeah, boosh. mine's, mine's eighty-three thousand words. Short. Yeah, I I write okay. between forty and sixty because that suits me. I find that the the plots I I have fit there. I have no yes, no more to say. Do you know, I think that's story. I think that's really important because. I'm a true believer that your book only needs to be as long as it needs to tell the story. Yes. Yeah. And just throwing subplots at we it. Have a, I have a joke running with my... Sorry? Yeah, my writing group. and A lot of a little joke running that we say car keys because um, it's people who then go... And then you picked up the car keys and you walked to the door and you opened the door and you went down the front path and you got in the car. And we're thinking, no, 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 move on, move on. Tell me what's really happening, what he's really feeling. So it's a lot of... Yeah, yeah you find yeah. yourself padding. I would, I would find myself padding or going, drifting off onto a subplot yes. or a sub-pairing, yes. something, which is interesting. I mean, my grannies are... Case in point, I love writing my grannies. They're always yeah. eccentric. They're always very wise in their strange way. They, you've got to be ever so careful. They just don't take over. It's like writing kids and pets. Yeah, they, yeah. they'll take over. I mean, that's what people. I'm a remember. huge lover of. In a way, you want readers to say, "Oh, what <laughs> happened to him? You know, what's his story? Will you do that next?" But in the other way, <laughs> you want them to say. This one was yeah, popular, yeah, and I mean certainly my series. I'm I'm doing like spin-offs, but coming back to what you were saying about about those secondary characters who become quite, um, you know, who 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 come to the foreground. I think again, I mean, I think part of it is that um, that rich life. You know, you are going to have those those relatives that give you advice that are a bit eccentric, but also yes. I think that's quite a British thing yeah. because. I grew up reading Jilly Cooper and I am and was obsessed with yes. Victoria Wood. So I have, you know, my late, I can keep banging on about it's my latest book, but, thousands, but it, it is, yeah. it's got that lighthearted Jilly Cooper meets Victoria Woods sort mm. of feeling to it. I mean, I love that. I love that. I loved, I yeah. love banter. I love, I mean, I'd write almost entirely dialogue if I yes. had my way, really. Yes. That's why when cover artists say, what what does he look like? I'll say, I've got no idea at all, but I can tell you how he speaks. (laughs) So, um, yes, I think you're right. I think it is quite British. I don't think we write melodrama so much or not in romance. We don't have the 
the absolute highs of angst and euphoria. We have a, a but we have a lovely turn of phrase, and we'll just get right to the, the yes. nub of things, right to the yeah. heart. But yes, it is a style. You're right. Do you once you're what you're? But it's cast a thousand. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, you know what? I had a big, not a falling out, but I was coaching, um, doing a developmental edit with an author, and she had, I think it was forty-two characters, and a, Ooh, a, and God. anyway, we 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 didn't have it out. We had an energetic debate about about <laughs> this is her first novel. You know, could she really get away with that with that many characters? Anyway, it was going backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards. And the new Jilly Cooper book had come out and it still had the plastic seal on it in my house. And obviously Jilly Cooper has so many characters. She has to have a, you know, yeah. like a bibliography or something, whatever you call it, a cast list. And anyway, yeah, I, yeah, I counted them and it was about 50 or 60 at that time. Anyway, I said, look, Jilly Cooper's, you know, um, got this many characters, but she's been writing the Rutcher Chronicles for like, 10 15 years you know i don't think you should do that yeah. with your first book um, I, I had to laugh because my book's got 38 characters <laughs> and i was like physician heal thyself you see i think when particularly with your first book you've got all these yeah. ideas and all these yeah. people and so you want to share yes. them all you want you know it's a sort of almost uh sometimes you know they talk about kid yeah. your darlings yeah. when you're writing you know chop out stuff that is extraneous or not not contributing but you don't mm. lose it forever you could use it later i often think don't give it all up mm. in one book mm. you know with all those people she could have two to three yes. books out yes. of that if not more with just the yeah. thread running through it's the sort of the midsummer murders mm -hmm. approach isn't it you just have your core people plotting along other people bounce off. So, but I think there's an awful desire to get all that out there, and that's that's great. But that's part mm. of the learning that then you'll say, "Oh, I'm I'm exhausted," or "I haven't got anything to yeah. talk about in another book." You, um... It's and also I think readers get confused. I quite, I mean, good God, I've had many a review where they've even got the names <laughs> wrong. The two main I did it. lovers. So, I mean, I'm not not being cruel, but it, it means that because yes. they're reading an awful lot, these people. They don't want yes. lots and lots of people. They want to be able to home in on on the, yes. the essence of the story, and that usually yeah. means just two characters. If, if I had this, I had this wonderful review, and I had to, I had to laugh. Um, I can't remember if it was like two or three stars, but they, they said, like, we. I think this is a really terrible way to start a series. You know, I didn't really understand what it was all about. Um, you know, I had no background on who the characters were, and they'd read the second book in the series in, in, instead of the first one, and I had oh, to bless. chuckle. And, yeah. and I felt like, you know, should yeah. I go back to them and give them like a free copy of the first one because they've completely misunderstood sort of where they are? But um, yeah, I mean, you know, that's we can't control people getting what we're writing. Do you, do you, no, yeah, you know, do you think good there is, yeah. um, so I'm conscious that, you know, in MM Romance, you know, the huge readership of women, most of them are in the US. I don't know if I can make that generalization. Do you find that there's a different attitude um, okay. from them with you writing about books set in the UK than there might be from the UK readers? 
Okay. I I do. I mean, this is only me, and I mean, a lot of them love it. They love yes a different place. They love a different a different type of person, maybe, but they only like it to a certain mm-hmm. s- stage. And over maybe because I originally wrote American Eyes, or or because it's just the way I write. I do okay. ease out now. I don't come in with a lot of right. very British phrases. I'm determined I'm not giving up pants okay. and trousers and that sort of thing. There are certain words I will <laughs> not use. But I think my language anyway has absorbed yes. an awful lot, hasn't it? We've probably absorbed loads yeah. of Americanisms. Yeah. I know we have over the years anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's not be precious about this. I like to keep the English yes. character maybe. But I'm quite happy to smooth the narrative. Yeah. To try yeah. and make it easy. No, not easier. That implies that people can't cope, which is not true at all. But you yes. don't want anybody yes. to be jarred when they read your book. You don't want them to have to go away, like I've done with some <laughs> illustrious crime writers, yes. and have to look yeah. up words. It's not many yeah. words I have to look up, but I do I do. Um so you just want either to gather the context. Or if it's easier to use a more familiar word, yeah. what am I giving yeah. up? Nothing really. I'm not writing for mm. the joy of the prose, perhaps. I'm writing yeah. for telling the story. I'm, I'm reading so, a, an, an award-winning MM romance yeah. at the moment. <clears throat> and I think it was like yeah. second chapter. They used a phrase, um, he hammered on the door with a closed fist. And it stopped me in my tracks yeah. because my first reaction was, yeah. is there any other type of fist? And, and fist. I, yes. yeah, That's yeah. the editing. That but is, again, it's like as you say, it jarred, it jarred me and I stopped reading and then I go off and I start Googling, is there such a thing as a closed fist? And I didn't find it, um, an open fist. And in the end, somebody on Facebook, I put it on Facebook and I said, like, help me. And somebody said, oh, no, in martial arts, there is this yeah. term about an, an open fist, and it's all to do with oh. where your thumb sits. But if that writer just used the phrase oh. hammered on the oh, door with his fist, I would have been quite happy and kept reading. You'd probably have been all right with just well, hammered yeah. on the door. You know, I mean, it's there are things yes. that you learn over the years, yeah. perhaps not just from reading, because reading is really important if you want to write. People tell don't always realise that. But also attending craft things or listening yeah. to people talking yeah. about craft things or going mm. through the edit process with a good editor and that you, you do learn better ways of describing things. It might not have been your first way. It might not be mm. the prettiest way. But the things that jar, yeah, the things that people, and I'm sorry, people will pick up. Because once yeah. it's jarred, that's it. They'll see it every time <laughs> it comes up. Um, because we all know. I mean, I, I write, I read like that now. If something, if a phrase comes yeah. up that's odd, it leaks I, out. I, I do think being a nose. writer ruins so, reading. Yeah. Well, I mean, not I'm, ruin it, I'm but not sure about ruining. Yeah. No, I know what you mean, though. I know what you mean because I, I, I don't edit anything. It's not particularly my skill set. Um, I beta read, which is where I will read some a friend's manuscript and gives support on yeah. plot and such like. And I proof, but I, I think I'm a really okay. good proofer because I, I notice drop words, 
bad punctuation, repeated phrases, and things like that. And so I can't read. I read on Kindle, and I'm, you know, I'm on a mainstream book, massive, tops, and I'm clicking the page where they've dropped a word or something. There's a note. It's it's, because I don't think you can turn it off then, can you? But you can still enjoy a damn story. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, I'm quite forgiving. You know, with punctuation and, and things like that. And to be mm. to be fair, I'm mm. not like a master Ooh, of punctuation, no. if I'm no. honest. But sorry, no. I, I, if the story's good, I will forgive the odd, you know, typo yeah. or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think particularly for self-published, it, it's really important to get well at least a proofreader. Um, so I should be sending you my my next book it's, to I, proofread. I, I remember. <laughs> Yes, please. I will prove it. Um, I've sat at a dinner with someone, another reader, and I've said this book. I just, it was awful. It was really badly phrased. You know, there was repeated chunks, and and she said, "Oh, that's the best thing I've read this month." So you realise then that yes. we're reading for different reasons, and you yeah. can't presume. Um, I think it it should stop people getting too yeah. precious, as I say, or too snooty or anything. You cannot dictate how people should read yeah. and what people should yeah. read and they're in completely different states of mind and so so you know what they might if they'd have read your book in january they might have had a completely different reaction oh, than if they read it in i don't know september yeah. and there are some people i will not read because of perhaps the author behavior yes. online or such like because there's plenty of books out there i can read yeah. there's not many people that you would o- you yeah. know, overlook because you're not investing else. your money when you buy. Well, you're not only investing your money when you buy a book. You're investing time. If somebody's going to take yeah. six, seven, eight hours to read time. your book, I mean, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and your emotions. Do you ever not finish a book nowadays? Uh, I am An actually. You know one. this, so I am reading a book called Gaywick, uh, and. Well, I, I, oh, I, let me rephrase yes. that. I'm trying to read a book called Gaywick, right? Now, I yeah. normally, I, it's very rare I, I um, don't finish a book. Very rare. I can think of one. But I am plowing through Gaywick. So Gaywick is the first ever gay gothic romance novel, or so I'm told. It was written in the yeah. 80s. And... Um, when I picked it up, I thought it was going to be like a really accessible kind of pastiche, but it is written, as you know, like a real turn-of-the-century gothic wow. novel. But I'm finding it quite histrionic, and I'm struggling to keep... I mean, there's only like four yeah. characters, and I still can't keep two of them in my mind, really. Um, I'm about three-quarters of the way through, and I, I just I come back to it piecemeal rather than sit and just try and plough through it, because I just find it just, just too heavy going. You see, I used to take great pride in never yeah, in yeah. always finishing a book. And I think you can give a book yes. a chance, and a lot of them will pick up later on. If you Nowadays, life is too short. <laughs> exactly. Life is too short, and there are too many others. If, I'm not saying I give them a page sure. and then I give up, but if it's not, I'm pretty sure now mm. what I like and if the characters aren't speaking to me, they aren't. I don't really care if a lot of them go off a cliff. Yet you think I'm not engaged with you. Yeah. All the style is is all. I will stop. I will yeah. give up. I, I get quite... You see, partly that would have been 
recommended True. that book, not necessarily that book, but other books, because they were the first, you use that word, the first yes. in its kind, the first yes. book you ever read. When you see the threads on Facebook that say, what introduced you to um, the gay romance genre, What did, they always go back to the same okay. names. And those books were not necessarily good. Mm. I mean, a lot yeah, of them were, yeah. but or they might not stand up now. Because fiction mm. moves on, language moves on, and I, it does always make me a little bit cross because there are so many fabulous books since that should yeah. be getting credit as well. It's like the top 100 of anything that they publish, yeah. isn't yeah. it, in magazines and papers. And you think, oh, for goodness sake, you're banging the same old drum. Yeah. We have moved on. There are a lot of whatever the discipline, huge things that happen that people have created. And I just Some are, you know, are, are yes. groundbreaking yeah. and marvellous, but you have to read it in the Times yeah. as well. I mean, like I was saying earlier that anything would be published yeah. in the early days because it was a growing genre that people couldn't get enough of. You know, it, it would have been a novelty yeah. then. Yeah. Do, you, do you know what? I think you just reminded me. There is a book that stands out very clearly as one I didn't finish. And I won't say who the who the author or the name is, but the reason it stuck out is because it was one of my MA lecturer's books. <laughs> and and oh. I just it had just come out and it was in hardback and yeah. they were going off and doing the tour and we got special lectures from them and stuff and I just oh I just couldn't connect with it. It wasn't that it was badly written, I just just but if yeah. it doesn't appeal, yeah. If you don't connect, if it doesn't appeal, it's a it is a very yeah, emotional. Yeah. And experience. to be fair, I only bought it. And you, you like yeah, because he was our lecturer. I, I think if I'd have seen it on the shelf and read the blurb, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have picked it up. So for me, it it no. I wouldn't leave a review because it wasn't fair because I wasn't the audience that was intended for. No. And I'm very careful. Um, I don't tend. To, I I definitely would never review someone else's book in our genre never but if it's a self-help well, book or yeah, something like that field, you know i'd quite happily do that but i mean how often have, have friends said oh you'll love this yeah. i loved it yeah or you must read it and then you read it and you think <laughs> what, what are they raving about because it, it you know yeah. it's very personal it's very difficult to step away from that when you're an author of course and being reviewed and someone says this was worst waste of paper this year and other people will say no i didn't say that about the book once and uh, other people will say i i loved it i loved it so it's and i don't know why we gravitate to the bad yeah. as opposed to the good we're not encouraged by the good we're devastated yes. by the bad so it's that's another thing that i've i think i have cultivated a certain distance over the years yeah. has been yeah. worth it that i don't well yeah i used to think if you didn't like it, you yeah. didn't like it. I, know I, I used to think like, like it. Yeah. I used to describe a, particularly on Goodreads, a one star review, well, sorry, a one star rating without a review. I used to say it felt like a drive by shooting. It <laughs> is. Well, it is. And that that's yeah. known for that. That's somebody trying to bring, that's somebody being malicious yeah. in most cases. I don't know. Things like Goodreads. They are for the reader. Yes, I know that's yes. what people keep saying, not the author, but it's true. And I've started an account on there in another name just to catalogue what I'm reading because I'm right. dreadful at remembering names and titles. 
and it yes. works well for that. I don't yeah. rate anything. I'll write a couple of little yeah. notes just to yeah. remind me what it's about. So when I go back to that book, you know, that book I read with that yes. bloke yes. in that town, yeah, I can now find <laughs> it again. Um, so I think, and also one star to someone, yeah, it could be malicious, but then somebody else does mean one star to them means I'm not going to yeah, bother going. Yeah, and I think, I think, I don't have an issue with bad reviews. I, yeah. I think I could probably quote them to you because they those are the ones that stick with me. Yeah. Says nobody ever. <laughs> but what I like about reviews, you know, we've got really far off okay, right bats, haven't we? But but yeah, but but we have haven't we? But we'll I, come back. We'll come back. What I do like about a one star review is I feel the reviews are as you say are for other readers. So if somebody's able to articulate why they don't like that book, somebody could read that review and say, Well actually I I do like that in a book. I do like forced proximity. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. read that book. But I don't think it is for other readers. I think it is for the okay. reader who does the review. Some people show off. Some people like, I think, yeah. to consider yeah. themselves reviewers. Goodreads is not reviews. It's yeah. opinions. Personal opinions on the book you read. Yeah. You see? I mean, even Amazon reviews. And of course, we crave reviews because it yeah. is all about And it's about validation as well. It is. It is external validation because you are putting something out there that you you yeah, want to yeah. be received well on whatever Absolutely. your criteria are. So listen, back to you. Um, we've been talking for a long time. Yes. And to be but fair, I could much. talk to Would you, you for another to... three hours. Yeah. <laughs> you, might, you might have to strongly edit. <laughs> but I am interested Sentence. in, in – I'll put all your social links in the show notes – and now I'm going to have to do oh, yes, double the work you. because yeah. of Stella Shaw. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you can just do a couple for Stella. Okay. I can send them but, through later. Um, yeah. Okay, so so um, basically my, my sort of final – I've got two final questions, okay? Uh, the first one is what advice would you give somebody who's thinking about getting into the MM romance or gay romance genre in the genre? Read. Yeah in the genre read it because it's a huge it's not just one genre yeah. like we're circling yeah, yeah. right back to where we were weren't we from the beginning there are all types so i genuinely would say read as much as you can which you can in ku without paying extra money and decide what one yeah. floats your boat that you would like to write in and then if you read enough of those if you funnel it down you um you get a feel okay. for what's selling. Look at the charts. Now, if it's just about the joy, yes, I would just stop at that stage and write what you enjoyed. Yes. But if you want to sell, then go on and look at charts okay. and such like. So yeah, I think that's the only read and and I would possibly suggest joining a couple of the larger okay. Facebook groups that concentrate entirely on that genre. You know, there's one called MM Rex recommendations. So, you know, that's will show what's going through the market and what sorts okay. of things people are putting out and what's there. Yeah, and there's so many subcategories and stuff. And we haven't got time to go into them all because there are, and I'm shocked how many no, subcategories there are. Um, and I don't know if there are even those categories in, in heterosexual romance. Um, Actually, mm, possibly not. Yeah, and obviously, no. you've got your 
Yeah, I would say yeah. keep, a, keep an open yeah, mind. Yeah. Keep an I'm open mind you've got your... looking through. Because it does go from well, the yeah. sublime well, to I guess we've got Casbury romance so. in Mills and Boone and Harlequin and stuff, haven't we? So my, yeah. so my final question is, you've talked a little bit about Stella Shaw's uh, project that you're working on. What is Claire London working on? I'm still bringing right. out some of those old ones, re republishing some of the stuff that I got back. On a new front, um, I've really only just done a few short stories mm. over the last year or so. I always love to write something for Christmas. Yes. I just love Christmas, really. So I always try and write a sort of really cheeky, funny thing, long, yeah. short story, like Goldilocks and the Bear was my <laughs> absolute favourite, but I've done a couple of since. What else am I doing? I haven't got any large projects because, as I said to someone the other day, I've only yes. got one pair of hands to type. So I'm giving Stella 2021. Okay. But I am keeping the backlist moving yeah. on Claire London. I would love to return to the really? Accidental Baker. I would love to read more. Now. I might do that. Yeah, I don't know. Really. So she's just trying to keep, keep out there. I I'm working the romancing series because people really Good. seem to like that and it's my most yeah. recent series. So I'm talking about that in various places because I love romantic comedy. You know, it's not five weddings and a funeral. It's four palaces oh, perfect. Farm, which is my romance okay. of the rough diamonds. So it's about, about a royal gay wedding and um, jewels. <laughs> could be more fabulous. Sign me up. Uh, so yeah, that's about all really. I'm, I mean, I was on the team of running UK Meet, which is uh, a meet where fans of fiction, LGBTQ fact fiction, can get together, authors and readers. But that's been right. postponed okay. for another year yeah. um, because of COVID. So that probably won't happen before next year. So otherwise, as an author in, in that, just a matter, just keeping up with. Yeah. community supporting friends okay doing a bit of so i'll make sure people have got your the links in the show notes but it's fair to say that 2021 is all about stella it's stella's <laughs> stella's year it will be I think, it will really, be yeah. we are we yes. are moving towards it will be the a christmas stella special year. we are going through the step <laughs> I'm just thinking it's about if it's a, if it's a rent boy series something you'd like rented for christmas but um yeah Yay! Oh, that's nice. So, um, yeah. actually, that gives me an idea for the title for the Christmas. <laughs> Rented baubles. I'm just writing that down. I'm just writing that down. So that really, yes, is okay. Is all I'm doing. Fantastic. Oh, well, I mean, I write as well. I'm one of those part-time writers. I'm not okay. a full-timer. I don't think I want to. Yeah, it's it's quite a different shift. I'll writer. tell you, but. Uh, what do you think? Is it, yeah? Do you find you have difficulty disciplining no. yourself? And no, I'm up at 6.30. I'm at my desk Good. for eight and I write for four hours and I I keep a list. So if I get up and make a cup of tea and it takes 10 minutes, I track to the five minutes. So I'm yeah. very, very disciplined. But as I say, with the book coaching and stuff, it it I just need to kind of re-find that balance. But yeah, I mean, I write as much as I can and I get a bit antsy. I took a week off um, about a month ago and it was the worst week I've had because I just wanted to get back into the study and write. Wow. So, yeah, 
I think yeah. you've got to follow that because there will be days or periods when you can't. Yeah. So I think yeah. you've got to follow if you want to. Yes. You should do something. I've got a friend who set herself a target of 600 words a day. Yeah. You know, that's sort yeah. of just, yeah. just enough. Think, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I so always say to my clients, in. it's about it's about forward momentum. So if you can't send me 10 pages a week, at least send me three or, or something. Just, just so they know that they're always they're always writing forward, but yeah, you know it's it's. I think that's the important thing is yes. to keep going, not to beat yourself up if you don't make it. But I think there is a certain yes. muscle memory yes. yeah, element. I absolutely agree. Of sitting and typing doesn't mean yeah. you never have any free time <laughs> because I'm working and I'm also writing. And and my husband said the other day he said. And now you've got a third job yeah, promoting, yeah. you know, doing the marketing. And I said, yeah, like, they're always extra jobs. You don't give anything yeah. up to, to yeah. do these extra things. Okay. So. Well, listen, we need to, but we need to wrap it up, but we're going to get together. Life. We're going to have a coffee. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of work with you on some, some story development. And I can't wait to do that. I've always wanted to work with you. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. Thank you. Oh, glory. I, I hope it doesn't let you down. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old book it's an old book an old melodramatic lovely. book lovely okay so thank you claire um thank you for giving up so much of your time today i really no, really appreciate it as i say i'll go and uh, change out of this pink shirt because yeah, it's very hot today and yeah it's been lovely right. talking to you it's been great all right take care Thank <laughs> you.